Welcome to the Money Over 50 podcast, brought to you by Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue from Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Welcome to Money Over 50. Today's topic is CBA shares versus Sydney property. Michael, this is your topic and you've warned me in advance to give you a long runway here and not jump over the top of you and interrupt and interject like I normally do. So the floor is yours. Go for it. Yeah, so we have quite a few listeners in Sydney and Melbourne yeah. and, and also the the other areas. So uh, first of all, g'day to everyone <laughs> outside of the North Queensland region that's yeah. listening to the Money Over 50 podcast. Um, we certainly were amazed continually at how many listeners are we, we, we're attracting all over Australia. So uh, it's, it's really good to see. So I actually had a prospective client meeting with a couple from Sydney uh, just recently. Yep. And um, look, they're meeting all their goals. They're in the early 50s, doing a great job. They're fully funding um, both of their superannuation funds each year. So they're putting the $27,500 in each. Yep. Uh, not only that, they've got even more money left over, which they're funding into um, an investment, a managed fund. Uh, and, and one of the things they had on their bucket list was that they wanted to buy a rental property yeah, right. in Sydney. And um, we actually didn't have too much time because there's so much information we have to yeah, go through in those meetings. Me, yeah. We didn't have too much time to actually delve into it beyond that for that particular meeting. Um, uh, I actually asked them, you know, why, do you, why do you want to do that? And they couldn't really answer. They couldn't really give me an answer. Now... Um, I suspect, I don't know for sure, but I suspect it's because of what's happened with Sydney property prices recently uh, and they've gone up a lot, of course. So it got me to thinking, I actually wanted to go and track what the Sydney median house price has has done and compare that to a, um, not the best company in Australia, but a very good company, anecdotally, in the Commonwealth Bank of Australia. So... Um, the results that I got out of this, and, and bearing in mind, I've pulled this data together from a lot of different sources. Yep. This, and there's conflicting, there's conflicting this, information. This will be one of these podcasts, you know, we'll we warn you now. Yes, all of this data ha- has to be picked from somewhere. We, we don't have endless well, uh, well, the, indices yeah. of resources and all the rest of it. And it's, the median the is concept. like the average is in the dollar. So, yeah. yeah, the average retiree is yeah, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're listening and you're going, yeah. well, I'm not that person. Yeah. Um, no one is that no, person. It's, no. it's pulled from everywhere. So, yeah. But um, the concept remains the same. If you're listening to this and you don't like this data point or that data point, the concept remains the same. concept so, is the same. Please, yeah, stay on. So, um, I've gone back over 30 years, which is the average span of a, of a um, yeah, someone's lifetime in retirement. And I've had a look at it. So, if I go back to 1991, um, the median house price in Sydney was $182,000 in, in 1991. According to a report called house Pro- Housing Prices in Australia, 1970 to 2003 from Peter Abelson and Demi Chung. 
So, um, so 2021, fast forward 30 years, that median house price is now $1.41 million, according to the Australian Financial Reviews article in August 2021. Um, I saw other reports that said it was $1.3 million. I know it's changing all the time. I've, took the, I've taken the higher figure of $1.41 million. So over 1991, um, $182,000 house in Sydney has grown to somewhere in the, in the ballpark of $1.41 million. Um, so buy a house, 1991, $182,000 is now worth $1.41 million. I think I've done really, really well. And I have, of course. Um, assume I ran it out and we're looking at rental property here because we have to look at rental property. We're comparing this to, an inv- we're saying, okay, um, people will buy and live in their own house, yeah. but we're, we're, we're actually comparing an investment. rental property. Mm-hmm. So assume I rent it out now. The median rent, according to Domain, uh, which is the real estate site, is $550 per week in Sydney. It seems low to me. Um, so I've actually said, let's assume that I actually get $550 per week net of all the costs, yeah, which, right. of which there are significant costs, yep. uh, such as real estate fees and um, rates, water, rates and water and maintenance and all those, all those types of things. things. So if I got $550 per week for the median house in Sydney and the greater Sydney area, um, what I get is $28,600 in, in net rent each year. So um, so I got a, a $1.41 million house mm-hmm. and it's paying me $28,600 a year in rent. Um, what's the house price gone up over that period of time, over 30 years to take it from 182000 to $1.41 million? Well, it's an average compounding rate of return of 7.06%. So again, seems seems really good. So that's what you can the capital growth of that over you know that that's, that's the, the capital growth. The that's the capital, capital growth. growth. So like you um, say we've disregarded the yield for sort of for these purposes. Just said the capital growth component is has been just a shade over 7%. Yes, and I've been fair when I've compared the CBA shares as well. I've only yep. looked at the I've, I've looked at the the dividend you receive separately. Yeah. Yep. So what if I put the same amount of money into buying CBA shares in 1991 yeah. as I as I would have spent to buy the median house price in yeah. Sydney? Yeah. So I actually buy $182,000 worth of CBA shares at their initial share price and I take the dividend and I spend it every year. Mm-hmm. So I don't reinvest any. Yeah. So it's the same. That's it's the same bundle of shares that I actually bought. Yeah. Um, I have now. So. My $182,000 of CBA shares that I bought in 1991, bearing in mind I haven't accumulated one more share mm-hmm. um, because I've been taking the dividend and spending it, yeah. they're now worth $2.9 million mm-hmm. as of the 8th of October 2021. Um, this is staggering here. Yeah. Along the way, in that 30 years, from my $182,000 investment, I've actually received... And this is not a, this is not a mistake. Two point eight million dollars of dividends, yeah. two point eight million dollars of grossed up dividends yeah. from an initial investment of one hundred eighty two thousand dollars thirty years ago. And um, and when I say grossed up dividends, I checked and every single dividend CBA has paid along the way been has been credits. fully franked. Yeah, right. Which means it comes with thirty percent tax paid. Yeah. Now to to make it a fair comparison, 
So the rent that I get from a rental property, yep. I pay it's my marginal rate of tax on. Yep. And if that's 39%, I pay 39% yep. on that rent yep. that I receive. If I get a CBA share, yep. um, it comes with 30% tax already paid. Yep. So if my marginal rate of tax is 39%, mm. I only pay 9% yep. in tax. So grossed up to account for that. I've received $2.8 million of dividends over that period of time. And my 2021 grossed up dividend is $140,000 alone. So I'm sorry, there's actually no comparison. Yeah. The 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 CBA shares have obliterated yeah. any anything that any Sydney house prices have done over that period of time. Am I cherry picking by choosing CBA? I don't think that I am, because it could have picked any number of other companies that have yeah. done way better than CBA, like Berkshire Hathaway. Uh, I could have picked CSL, yeah. which started at eighty two cents. Uh, and has grown to $290 per share over the same period of time. I could have picked Afterpay that in 2017 started at $2.95 per share and it's grown to $122 per share in under five years. And I could have picked any other number of yeah. company that started at $0.10 cents and ended up at $10. Yeah. Um, so where I think CBA is a fair comparison, it's a big company. It's a diversified company. It's not a, it's not yeah. a, a yeah. speculative company. Yeah. And um, and I'm not picking the best company. I'm not picking the worst. But with the Sydney property market, I'm actually picking the best market, the best known market that we have. So I am cherry picking the but Sydney market. I, I so I think it, it's a fair comparison. The the um, I'll shut up in a minute, Dallas. I'll let you <laughs> I was about to say. I'm just I'm just itching <laughs> to jump in here. <laughs> Where people have made money out of Sydney property. And here's where it comes because there's no comparison. So let's go back through this again. Mm. I buy a house in Sydney for one hundred eighty-two thousand dollars, now worth one point four one million dollars. That's yeah. that's that's a good that's a good rate of return, seven point zero six percent per yeah. annum. Um, I, I I now get twenty-eight thousand six hundred dollars of of rent in the hand. Let's assume, or or I buy one hundred eighty-two thousand dollars worth of CBA shares at the same time. Um, I now get. Hundred and forty thousand dollars yep. of grossed up dividend, yep. um, which just just is so much more than the rent, mm-hmm. and my investment has outperformed. It's actually grown to two point nine million dollars. Yep, um, so it's, it's, it's over double over that period of time. Now, what's worked for people with Sydney property is that no one scrimped and saved and borrowed to buy the CBA shares. No. <laughs> People scrimped and saved and borrowed and begged yep. to buy the Sydney house, yes. which which by its very nature you have to because you can't buy a small bundles. portion of it, it. yeah. Um, if people had done the same yep. with the CBA, and disclaimer here, yep. this is not a recommendation no. to go out <laughs> and buy CBA shares. Or- and, and buy CBA shares. So we just this is all comparison. for comparison purposes. Yeah. But there's there's... There's if people had put the same amount of money yep. into a a good quality Australian company like the CBA mm. over that period of time, that that it, it's just it's left it, it's won the grand final. Yeah, and yeah, and Sydney points. house prices have, have actually come middle of the pack. Yeah, it's am I, am I allowed to? Have I given you a long enough <laughs> runway? <laughs> I think that you've touched on a great point there because so we look at these numbers. We we often hear people go, oh, you know, I've I've 
I bought this house for X and now it's worth Y or, you know, mm. I bought this investment property for X and now it's worth Y. Geez, that's been a good investment. And and there's a whole separate podcast here that, that I think we should talk about, about how the opportunity cost of what else could I have done with that money. But I think to me the really interesting thing here is, is not to, like you say, it's not to bag not to bag Sydney property because there's a lesson in this that I think is more important um, yeah, than saying, it's it's around that behaviour or, or the attitude towards that investment. So, like you say, thirty years ago, people um, scrimped and saved and begged and borrowed enough to get the money together to buy that house in Sydney, and then they just held on and they held on against it. It doesn't. It didn't matter how tight times were. It didn't matter, you know, whether they got bored of saving for their retirement. It didn't matter, you know, that there was a, some fun trip that they wanted to go on or something they wanted to do. They bought that. They bought that, and they just held on to it for thirty years. And they didn't get distracted by the fact that the price had gone up or down by twenty percent in any one year or anything like that. So, people's behaviour around investment properties is, is second to none. It's it's amazing how things that people do sub unconsciously when it comes to an investment property is it's very hard to get people to do that when they buy CBA shares, for example. So. It would have been near on impossible to get people. And, and again, this is our advice 30 years ago wouldn't have been go and spend $182,000 on CBA shares. But it's very hard to, A, get motivated to, to scrimp and save and make that happen and, and to buy that, that amount of, of shares. And then secondly, it's very hard to stay motivated to just stay the course. And, and this is sort of shows that you didn't have to do anything else. You didn't, have to, you didn't even have to reinvest your dividends. You didn't have to... Mm pick and choose which companies were going to outperform others or how the Australian financial services industry was going or any of those sorts of things. You just bought a heap of shares, you know, you, you tucked the share certificates under your mattress and you forgot about it for 30 years. And you, and you spent the dividend checks as they rolled in and just forgot about, you just didn't have to think about it at all. And you ended up with $2.9 million and you ended up with $2.8 million worth of dividends along the way. It's And that's, I think, to me, the real takeaway with a lot of this stuff is that when you're looking at investments, for, for people who are listening to this, if you're looking at investments that have worked previously uh, for you or, or things that have worked well in your financial life, what you'll often find is there's nothing inherently uh, brilliant about the actual investment itself. It's primarily what was your behavior and what was your attitude towards that investment. And that's why you know people talk about my house has been a great investment. It, it has been, not because that house was some fantastic house that, you know, returned twice what the what the benchmark of, of the property market has done. It's just the fact that we bought it, we we paid no attention to price movement for thirty years. We bought it thinking, I'm buying this for the next thirty years. I'm gonna I'm just gonna hang on for the I'm gonna do whatever it takes to get in and, and to accumulate what I need to. Then I'm gonna hang on for the ride and and, and tune out all the short term noise. So I think to me that's one of the big the big lessons when you look at this is the first one, I think, is opportunity cost, which we'll talk about another time. It's that you can't look at an investment in and of itself. It has to be compared to what else could I have done with that money or with that energy or with that time or whatever. But the second one is for people who are um, sitting on a property in Sydney or Brisbane or, or even Townsville or wherever and that has gone up significantly over the last 30 years, when you break the percentages back down, it's it's often not that much. Like if you said to people, what do you think? the median house in Sydney has gone up by over the last 30 years, they'd, they'd think 15%. You know, they wouldn't go up 7%, which is still, 
you know, above above average in terms of capital growth, what you consider for for property. But you, you would you would assume that all the work has been done by the property market just booming. But what's actually happened is that people have worked hard, saved their money to get their foot in the door, mm. and then they've done whatever it takes to to hang on to that that property and not and not be forced to sell it and not. I'll just sell the bathroom this year because we've got our daughter's wedding come up or, or I'll just sell, you know, 100 square metres of the, of the front yard because we want to buy a new car or something like that, yeah. which is what tends to happen with... And I, I, that's why I was actually thinking, you know, when you said, are you cherry-picking CBA? I think CBA is a perfect example because every man and his dog that walks in the door here, mm. not every man and his dog, but a lot of people end up with a small parcel of CBA shares. Mm. It's, it's, I would say, the company in Australia that more people... Yeah, if you if you, were, if you were the holder of a, a colonial mutual yeah. policy or yeah. a I think it was legal in general or something mm. like say so, so you inherited yep. um, some a CBA lot, shares yeah, a lot like of as, people as, got the, as a the holder of those of, CBA of those um, of a life insurance policy with yep. with certain uh, yep. insurers that the the CBA actually bought out yeah um, opportunity cost you touched on Dallas and I think that's the big one yeah um, it's not to say that you haven't done well. Yeah. And you won't do well. Yeah. So I think the problem for Sydney uh, listeners is that they've just they've been in this they've been in this booming market continually for such a long period of time that they they, they think the market will go up and up and up and up and it and it, and it may very well do so. Yeah. It may very well continue to grow at seven um, percent per annum. Yeah. It may grow at higher than that. Yeah. Um, Opportunity costs and diversification are, are, are two of the big ones that stand out for me, though. Yeah. Um, our best companies have always and will always outperform residential property in Australia. It has to be that way. Yeah. Um, our best companies reinvest a lot of the profits that they make every year. They pay out some as a dividend yeah. and they reinvest a lot of them and grow their profits. That's so if I go back to 1991, the CBA paid a grossed-up dividend of sixteen thousand dollars. Yeah. So that's come from their profits. Yeah. So so recognise the dividend comes from your profits. Yeah. You can't pay out more as a dividend than your profits no. allow. Uh, yeah. I fast forward thirty years, and that grossed-up dividend has grown from sixteen thousand dollars to one hundred and forty thousand dollars over that period of time. Um. Now that's 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 been achieved by the CBA, and this is true of all Australian companies, especially the the, the good ones. That's been achieved by them earning a profit, reinvesting some of that profit, yep. refining the way they do things, yep. growing their market share, selling off unprofitable businesses, yep. opening Acquiring, up new profitable yeah. ones, yeah. buying life insurers, yep. you know, buying yep. you know, superannuation funds, all those types of things. Not all of it works. And no. they unwind positions, of course. Um, but over that period of time, their profit has grown from sixteen thousand dollars yep. a dividend on this bundle of shares to one hundred and forty thousand dollars. Now, now um, I don't know what the rent was. The median rent was in Sydney in nineteen ninety one. Mm. It's grown now to five hundred and fifty dollars per week. Yeah, um, it hasn't grown anywhere near no. well, what the what the profits of. So, so opportunity cost is a big one. Um, in terms of if you're buying a rental property, yep. and you already live in Sydney. You're buying a rental property. Yes, you might do well, but you in the right companies, you may well have done better. You you you'll probably do better. Yep. Um, 
Number two, the big one for me is diversification, though. Yep. Uh, because because what if it doesn't? Yep. What if it stagnates? Yep. So if you're if you already own a, you know, by its very nature, you can't own a small piece of Sydney property. No. It's a big piece that you own by yep. virtue of the median price. Um, if you are thinking of buying a rental property there, it's not to say that you won't do well, but what if things don't continue the way they are? Yeah. Um, our view is that you leave yourself under-diversified. Yeah. I think that's a, um, a great point. And, and, I mean, we've talked about this before where leading up to retirement, it's it's not necessarily about swinging for the fences. You're, you are trying to give yourself the highest likelihood of having enough money throughout your retirement. You're not you're not trying to go I want to be worth 6 million dollars in retirement. You want to make sure that there's a, that there's next to no chance that you will run out of money. And 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 making a play in any sort of thing where you for the same reason that we wouldn't recommend okay go and take all of your retirement savings and go and buy CBA shares because CBA might not perform that well over the next 30 years. Mm-hmm. They they might you know lose market share to to another existing bank or to some new entrant and so that's why we we recommend diversification across all all investments um the point that you, you touched on there i think is a, is, a, is a great one that for for people to i guess think about there is that we we sort of know because we think about this all the time it's it's the concept that if i th- if i practically think about it and go i bought that house in sydney 30 years ago what's the asset that i bought and what is what is that now I bought a three-bedroom house um, in in Parramatta, for example. I don't know. I'm trying making up numbers here, but yep. something where I would have got the median house price. I bought that. What do I now own? Thirty years later, I, I own a hundred percent. So I bought a hundred percent of a house there. Thirty years later, I own the same. I own a hundred percent of that same thing now. Thirty years ago, when I and this is what you alluded to with profits growing, the reinvestment. What I actually bought a share of CBA as a as a company as an entity what i bought a portion of is a vastly different beast now and and that's all that all that straining and and you know executives coming in and new ceo getting pointed out and and all the bank tellers in all of the branches all throughout australia you know making transactions and and picking up the differential on the interest and on the deposits they've got in versus loans they've made it all of that that striving for for more and new branches being opened and moving into new product lines and and moving into new areas in completely what i actually owned a portion of 30 years ago is a completely different thing now and that's that's i think what is is a is is people to bear in mind about when we're looking at the reason the reason why your dividends that that you're receiving every year now the reason why your share of that profits has gone up so much it's it's not magic. It's that what you that actual asset is a, is a completely different thing. Yeah, so it's, it's a way bigger, more profitable thing. To conceptualise it, what the CBA and what Woolworths and what all those great companies of Australia and the world have done over that period of time is they they've they've grown what they are. Yeah. So they've opened more supermarkets if they're Woolworths. Yeah. Um, such that the three bedroom house that you bought in your example, Dallas in Parramatta in 1991 would now be a 15 bedroom house yes yeah that, that's a great because yeah. because the house would have taken the rent yeah. every year yeah. and actually reinvested and a portion a of the bathroom rent. and put a new and, 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 bought and a bit actually of land started next to, door and, to, yeah. to reinvest in itself yeah and um um houses don't do that they no. pay out 100 percent of their yeah. 
their profit or yeah. their rent. Yeah. Uh, sorry, 100% of their of the income yeah. they pay out in the form of net rental. Whatever yeah. whatever rent you derive, yeah. less the cost that you have is paid out. Companies um, do things differently. They pay out a portion of the dividends. They reinvest a portion. Sorry, they of the profit they make, they pay out a proportion as a dividend yeah. and they reinvest a proportion. They actually grow the value of the company. Yeah. Um, well, I think that you've you've nailed all the key points here, and and I think the the way that I the, I think the way that you frame this is is the right way to think of it is, is that it's not CBA versus Sydney House prices, or it's not it's not shares versus property, or it's not companies versus you know houses. It, it's it's just a compared to thing. It, it's not meant to be a, an argumentative thing, and it's not it's not to say that. You know that any decision that you make is the wrong decision. It is just, mm. I think, a very interesting thing if you're looking at it as if I'm accumulating assets for retirement, I want the asset that is going to pay me a rising income stream throughout my 30-year retirement. Mm. So if I'm going to buy a house in, in order to achieve that, it, it may well work in, in under the strict definition of it might put me in a better financial position than what I am now. Mm. But you really have to think about, is that the best way to achieve the outcome that I want, which is that, that growing, rising income stream throughout my retirement? When, when you look at that and go, right, if all I'd done 30 years ago for my retirement was go out and buy $182,000 worth of CBA shares, I now have $140,000 a year worth of grossed up dividend. Hmm. I'm done. Like I don't need to do anything else for my retirement effectively. I just live on that dividend. And yeah. again, we're, we're missing a whole host of steps within here, but it's, it's an interesting one where... If someone gave you the option to go, if, if someone said you've got a time machine now, you can go back 30 years ago and, and I'll give you 182 grand, which one would you do? I think it's very counterintuitive to people that knowing what we do now, it, it feels like the right answer is go and buy a house in Sydney. Hmm. But when you do that comparison, you, you go, well, I could have done that and I would have done very well, but maybe there are other ways that I, that I could have achieved uh, not just a similar outcome, but actually a far better outcome. Yeah, look, it was, a, it was an interesting one to do and and... and um, I think you summarise that that well. This is this is not a fight. We're not yeah. picking a fight here with yeah. Sydney property owners yeah. at all. Yeah. You, <laughs> we're, you, we're, watch, you, you watch the comments on Facebook. Hey, it'll, it'll, it'll sound like it'll sound like we you are. You guys have done very well. Yeah. Um, what it's about is, is is the next amount of money that you put yes. somewhere. Yeah. Um, look at that yeah. opportunity cost. Yeah. And diversification. And they're, the, they're, the two, they're the two big things. Yeah. And I, I think that that's the other. And while we're in the process of patting people on the back here i think the other thing to really look at is when we're looking at what's our plan for the next 30 years and what has well worked well for us in the last 30 years really burrow into not just what assets have gone up over the last 30 years but what is what are the behaviors that we've had around our money that have worked really well and and i think that for that for that this is where the the house price thing is a really good example is when you think about how you've thought about and how you've behaved around that investment that is probably the right way to think about your retirement savings. Is mm-hmm. that right, I'm going to accumulate an asset that I'm going to I'm going to hold for the next thirty years, and I just want to derive an income from it. I don't care what the price does in the short term. I don't. I I will do what it takes to accumulate the amount of assets that I need to spit me out that growing income stream in retirement. I'm going to tune out the noise. I'm not going to get distracted. I'm not going to you know, sell off a bathroom every now and then. I'm just going to make a right decision and then stick to my plan and work my plan. And and that's worked that behaviour has worked really well over the last thirty years and that yep. behaviour is, is what you will need throughout retirement. 
Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.